This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with John Nicolau. After spending eight years in the 1980s consulting at two of the world's largest companies, Amico and AT&T, the entrepreneurial bug bit and John joined his father in a small family business during the 1990s, helping to grow it until his father's retirement in 1997. John got, got back into consulting as the technology industry was taking off working for a well-respected Microsoft partner until the early 2000s, when the entrepreneurial bug bit again. So along with a few other colleagues, he co-founded Vantage Point Partners, which is an IT consulting firm, quickly achieving gold partner status with Microsoft, focusing on small, medium-sized businesses in and around the Chicago area. During this time, he assisted other business colleagues in starting a similar firm in the area, eventually merging the two firms together in 2012 to form Zeland Partners. The team grew to 25 and achieved multiple gold competencies with Microsoft, continuing to serve the needs of their SMB clients. In late 2017, Sharp Business Systems noticed the success of Zeland Partners and they acquired Zeland in March of 2018. John's role has since shifted primarily to business development, and he is now a regional major account executive for Zeland Partners, which is a sharp IT company. John received his BA in chemistry from Knox College and his MBA in marketing from Quinlan School of Business at Loyola University of Chicago. He resides in the northern suburbs of Chicagoland with his wife and is a father of four adult children. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate you having me. So let's get started. Can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Sure. So as you mentioned, uh, I graduated from Knox College with a degree in chemistry in the early 80s. And um, on my last semester on campus, I had to fulfill one, re one more requirement in a math curriculum. And, and there was this class called computer programming. And I thought someday computers might be uh, important in our world. So on a whim, I took a basic computer programming class. 
and that was my first exposure to technology uh, where it was back in the early 80s, just uh, uh, crafting basic programs on a deck. PDP-11 was the machine, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so, that's, so that's how things kind of started. And then um, uh, through, through connections in my college, I uh, was afforded an opportunity for an internship at Amico Corporation. And ironically, the first assignment I had there was in their operations research department, which ironically was uh, their internal consulting department. And and after my first interview, I wasn't sure, you know, am I getting coffee and sweeping the floor or am I, you know, what will I be doing in this role? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the the consultants in that department uh, consulted with with all the different subsidiaries of Amco Corporation, and they used uh, linear programming uh, on mainframe computers to simulate uh, projects and possible outcomes for the various subsidiaries of Amco Corporation. So as a result, I was quickly immersed in the technology world at a large, you know, Fortune 100 company. And lo and behold, one day. Uh, they wheeled this gray machine into my office, and I said, what's this? And they said, it's called a personal computer. Hmm. And, I, and it was an IBM PC, and I said, well, what am I supposed to do with it? And they said, I don't know, figure out what we can do. So uh, my father was a rep in the electronics industry, and he had some computer games. So I, li- I went to his house and said, you know, what do you got for me? And he gave me some computer games. I started playing games on this machine just to see how does it work. And to make a long story short, um, I eventually found a way to, to install some components in the computer to connect to the mainframe. Uh, and then everybody and their brother wanted to know what I was doing by having this thing called a personal computer connected to the mainframe and, and, and do 3279 emulation, if people remember that term, that's your typical green screen. So um, that got me uh, you know, knee-deep into consulting and, and technology, started uh, using programs, the precursor to VisiCalc, then VisiCalc, then Lotus 1, 2, 3, and you know, that just grew from there. I then uh, changed jobs over to uh, AT&T, and uh, again, more exposure to technology and computers, again, the Lotus 1, 2, 3 kind of a thing, uh, and was in a sales role. Um, ironically, Amico was, I was in the Amico National Account Team, did that for a number of years and learned more technology because at that stage, AT&T had finished divestiture and was getting into the computer business themselves at, this, at that time. They had bought NCR, National Cash Register, so there was a mingling of both the technology side and the long-distance side of the businesses. I was primarily on the long-distance side, but partnering with folks on the technology side. was there for a number of years, uh, and then when I left there and worked with my father, um, we were involved with various technology companies that we represented, uh, selling in the consumer electronics arena. And by that time, you know, laptops were coming out and things of that nature and distributed computing. Mm-hmm. When he retired, um, I caught on with a Microsoft Gold Partner, uh, well-respected here in Chicago, and learned, you know, the client-server end of the business in terms of infrastructure and things of that nature. And did that for a number of years, and that just kind of grew to the point where I wanted to get back on my own. So, as you mentioned in the introduction, partnered with a couple of business colleagues and started our own firm, and have been in technology ever since. So that's that's the somewhat Cliff Notes version of my journey through technology. That's great, John. That you know kind of reminds me back about my start into technology, and this really dates me as well. It says. 
you know, I started Fortran programming on punch cards, <laughs> which Just, was a long time ago. <laughs> well, ironically, my first job at Amico, there was no basic programming, so that's what I did. I did Fortran. I learned Fortran on punch cards, and you'd submit the job, mm-hmm. and then you'd have to go wait. And then somehow you'd get a notification and you go in some room and the report would be run. But that's how that started. And I remember the first portable computer I received. Well, I'll I'll even date myself more. I had a Lisa, which was the precursor to the iMac or the Macintosh, I should say, excuse me. And I had an Apple III, then I had a Lisa, and that was at Amico. And then they gave me, after the IBM XT, they gave me a portable computer. I said, what's that? It was a compact, the first portable computer. It was the size of a good-sized suitcase with a nine-inch screen. I lugged that thing on airplanes <laughs> to Amico production sites to show people in the field how you could use technology. We wrote, we wrote programs in Compile Basic on a five and a quarter inch floppy disk on a nine inch screen and I showed people how you could write code and and be able to use technology in the field with what was called a portable computer. I oh. remember that computer yep. well where the keyboard pulled <laughs> out and right. clapped exactly. down. <laughs> and a nine inch little screen and you could That's at right. our age back in those days you could read that screen. Not now. That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. How fascinating and yeah. you know look at where technology oh. has come from there to now. Um, It's just unbelievable. So what are some of the technology trends you are seeing today, you know, because you're immersed in the field, you're talking to customers, you're building solutions for them. What are you seeing as trends? Well, I often joke with clients, uh, you know, it's all about cloud. There's so many clouds out there, you need to carry an umbrella with you. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, everything, to me, it's been full circle. When you think about the back in the days in the early 80s where you had this green screen with a thick cable that went into a wall and somewhere it went down to the quote-unquote data center, wherever that was. Mm -hmm. And then we migrated to distributed computing, you know, client-server, and now we're kind of coming back because now that data center is the cloud. So I think obviously that's the watchword and and the most talked about trend. Needless to say, security continues to be a forefront in so many people's minds because of what's going on with phishing attacks and things of that nature. I also think um, Access Anywhere has been uh, moving to the forefront simply due to our children's, you know, the millennials and post-millennials generation. These people, these workers expect to have access online, anywhere, anytime, including in an airplane. And then with that comes mobility. So if I were to say there's four trends out there that I see, it's anything cloud, uh, security, anywhere access, anytime, and mobility. Those are the trends that I see. And managed services for a company like ours. We've moved with the cloud journey and, and digital transformation. We've migrated our clients to the vast majority of to, to some form or fashion of managed services. Very, very true. So the cloud has really changed our world and gives us that access anywhere, anytime. I know now when I travel a lot, I'm able to access my files no matter where I am at any time of the day, as long as obviously we have internet access or Wi-Fi or something, you know, with my hotspot, I could get that as well. Uh, but security is always a concern. So, um, you know, there's always going to be threats. There's all there's so much data out there now with machine learning and uh, IoT devices, as well as um, artificial intelligence. Security must be uh, top of mind for really any organization because 
privacy and GDPR laws are, you know, really coming to fruition. And uh, I'm so glad to see that as well. Um, what what are you seeing in security? Uh, are you seeing customers really take extra protection, firewalls, those types of things? Well, I would say that the firewall is a given. I think people are well past understanding and appreciating the need for that. Mm-hmm. What what people are really really embracing over this last 12 to 18 months, what I see, because we focus primarily, although we have some enterprise size clients, we our most of our clients are SMB, and uh, when when a firm a small firm gets hacked they're shocked and the question usually is why me i'm mm-hmm. a 10 person dental office or a 15 person manufacturing company what does someone you know in eastern europe want with my information and i explain to them it's not so much that, that what they want with your information they want access to your infrastructure so they could use it as a relay of some sort to gain access to other machines or to send out spam email or whatever the case might be so you know you can't just say because i'm small i'm not i'm not vulnerable mm-hmm. to being hacked or some sort of security issue so what we're beginning to see people embrace and it is cost effective is security awareness training Mm-hmm. and teaching people what to look for with regard to phishing attacks because let's face it they've become very sophisticated this is the mouse mouse trap thing and the logos they use are so realistic in the in what they look like uh when you're looking especially at financial companies you know they look at the, the the typical brand names that you know on wall street they can make that email look like it's coming from your broker mm-hmm. and and if they've if they've hacked your email and monitor it and they don't do anything for a number of months, and they watch your patterns, see what kind of emails you get, they can craft a pretty compelling message that you'll click on, and the next thing you know, your network's been compromised. So we're really promoting and showing real-world examples of what preventative security awareness training proactively can do to just – because the weakest link in your security chain is your end user. That's true. you don't train them what to look out for. I don't care all the firewalls and antivirus and malware protection. You can have all of it in the world. But if somebody clicks on that really good mortgage deal or a great watch or piece of jewelry or whatever, then here we go. It's, yeah. the wild, it's the wild west. Very, very true. And so, you know, uh, they say most security breaches are due to um, just, you know, users not not doing just the basic things, giving out their credentials, locking their computer, those types of things. So sure. the security awareness is so important. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yep. Um, so, you know, you talked about the cloud, you're talking about mobility, and many of these job roles have not existed um, before. Many years ago, we didn't have the cloud, and so those job roles had weren't even there. So um, what can we do as an industry? Because there's a huge skills gap um, in the technology industry. What can we do to better bridge that gap? Well, that's a great question and funny you ask because this uh, past spring semester, uh, a business colleague and I have done two um, career days at local high schools here in the Chicagoland area and I was um, encouraged the fact by the fact that the the school had requested technology folks to come in and promote STEM you know science technology engineering and mathematic education mm-hmm. uh, with these young students and what was even more eye-opening through that process 
was that we weren't just talking to these students, these, these young high schoolers about, you know, you get, you need to be a, a certified engineer in, in this discipline or this technology. We were educating them to realize the fact that ed- technology exists in every job they're going to do, mm-hmm. even the jobs that haven't even been invented yet or that we don't even know about yet. So if you, if you aren't able to wrap your brain around some level of STEM education, you could be at a disadvantage. Now, I will say as a caveat, you know, college and and and, and technology education isn't for everybody. We need plumbers and electricians and, and carpenters and pipe fitters as well. There's a great shortage of those folks in our in our world today. But for those that are going to go on to college and go into business in any at any level, if they don't have some sort of semblance of understanding of technology, I think they're going to be at a disadvantage. And I don't mean by just the fact that they've got an app on their phone. They need to understand how to use these applications and you know the, the typical uh, office productivity suite of applications we're all familiar with. But there's a myriad of applications, accounting, financial, manufacturing, et cetera, that they also need to know about. Secondly, I'd say that the sooner we get in and make these students aware that these technologies, A, exist, and B, we are clamoring for folks in that area and what the opportunities are for them, not only what the job looks like, but the potential income opportunity that provide, that can be provided because some of these students are going to have some obligations to pay back after mm-hmm. they go through college. So we want to give them an opportunity on how to not only pay those back, but to be able to use those skill set to get a job and be productive in society. I, you know, having known you for as long as I have and, and, the, and the circles that you and I travel in here in, the, in our IT industry, I, I think every potential company, every company I talk to, they're all looking for people. They're all looking to add to their team. The mm-hmm. jobs are there. We don't have the talent to fill them. Right. So the sooner we can get these folks in the pipeline that have a genuine, sincere, authentic interest – in our areas of technology. And again, it's not just sitting down in front of a keyboard coding something. We need salespeople in this space. We need customer service people in these space. We need account managers and, and you know, a wide breadth. So there's plenty of opportunity, but they need to be able to wrap their brain around this technology, how it works, how they can use it. And let's face it, I, my last one just graduated college and you know, when the first one went many years ago, the computer or laptop wasn't necessarily a requirement. You know, you could use a common one in the library. Now it's a given. You got to have it, and you got to mm-hmm. know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So many, many things you touched on that I completely agree. I am so glad to hear you say you're going into high schools and talking to them about the opportunity there is in the tech world. Uh, because we need to start early. We need to build that pipeline so that we can bridge that gap. And, you know, thank you for the work that you're doing around that. Well, and, knowing, and, you, knowing you as long as I've known you in our history, you'll be, you'll be happy to know that in the two schools I did, one was an all-girls school. Mm. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised at how many young ladies signed up to come to our session. I taught with a female business colleague, and I was really pleased to see the number of women, young ladies that came to our session, because there were sessions on law enforcement and you know, a bunch of other er- different areas. But we had a good, a good amount of, of women, young ladies come to our session, and we expressed to them the dire need to have females in those roles as well and how successful they can become if they're even remotely interested, we're, we're interested in having them. 
So there's an opportunity no, there. That warms my heart to hear, <laughs> you know, those girls are interested yes. and we're we're building that pipeline from, you know, high school. So that's great. And then, you know, the other thing you touched on that I really agree with is that not all technology jobs are being a coder, right? right? You can be in the field, there's salespeople, there's uh, project managers, there's so many different jobs that, um, and one of the great things about technology is you can work from anywhere also. So there's so much opportunity and I think we have to educate people um, better in order to bridge the gap. I would agree. Well, thank you, John. It was a pleasure speaking well, thank with you. you. Always thank good to you spend again. time with you as well. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it, in person, virtual, on demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Tech Careers segment, I will be talking with Peggy Peasley. Peggy's journey through life and her career has been fascinating and exciting. She didn't initially plan on entering the technology industry, but once she discovered her strengths and aligned herself with technology, her career took shape. She is now in HR for a technology company and still utilizes the tech skills she gained through the years. Technology will always be a part of her career and role. Welcome to the show, Peggy. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today. All right, let's uh, go ahead and jump in. And uh, Peggy, if you could share with us um, a little bit about your career path in technology to get started. Sure. My career started in the late 90s, and I did not start originally in technology. I actually started in banking, and I was provided the opportunity to help work on some computer issues and develop a network within the bank and industry because they didn't have anything and they had no one that could do it. So being a self-starter, I found that fascinating. I like to put puzzles together and I was able to take apart the computer, put it back together, figure out what pieces and parts didn't work and get them replaced and that's actually where I started. Wow, From there, that I is really fun, right? To really was, pull apart and really start from the beginning. Yeah, it was really fascinating, and then I met with some folks that were working on networking, and we had to build a network within the bank, so I started building that, doing a lot of reading and getting coaching from other people in the industry, and step-by-step step learned how to run the cables, create the cables, build the networks. Uh, that led me into technology training in my career and running a small IT department. 
From there, I moved into a direct selling company where I was their um, worldwide help desk manager, and I led the efforts in the U.S. as well as Europe for that company and developing from help desk support up through some networking and AS400 partnerships there and worked through there. I finally decided that I had done that for more than 10 years. My career was doing great. But I felt at that point that business needed to understand technology better. I always felt that technology was driving the business and believed that the business should be driving technology. So I went to my leadership team and I asked them to give me the opportunity to create a position on the business side so I could bring technology education into the business and have the business leaders be more responsible and accountable to some of the efforts that they needed to make the sales. And I was granted that opportunity, which was just fantastic. And that led me down a different path in technology where I was able to work on websites and working on electronic communications with customers on behalf of our sales team. I got inter interested and was able to work with every area of the business, so from marketing to customer service to sales and everything in between, communications. So it was really great to partner with them and share with them the technology side of the world, if you will, so learning the wiring of, of technology and the wiring of people and bringing that together as a whole. So it became a holistic process for me. That's and then when so I awesome that, you know, when you talk about business driving technology, um, that's where we are now is making sure technology leaders understand the business value. And it is so critical that business drives technology because then you see the ROI, then you see the um, real value it brings to a business. And I just love that you've gone through every aspect, almost every aspect in IT and really have, you know, dug deep and have not only the breadth, but the depth in each of these areas. So very, very cool. Very awesome. So yeah, continue to tell us about, you know, um, the rest of your journey. Right. So it's, it's just been really wonderful. And then I moved out to Arizona in 2006. And I had applied for a technology job that I really didn't want because I really was enjoying being on the business side and just carrying the technology pieces with me. And through that, that led me into my career with human resources. And I started working on human resources systems. From there, I developed my education in human resources because, again, it's the wiring of people and technology and business that brings it all together. And I felt at that point in time, my career had really touched every aspect of business and human resources was the best place for me. So again, I always keep a piece of technology with me. I now work for a wonderful company, Valor Global, and they are a technology company where we provide customer service and technical support to several of their clients. So again, that technology element stays within me as well as with you know, report writing and working on the HR system, but truly running and being responsible for the HR and the human resources aspects of the company with benefits and understanding how all that works on the employee side as well as the business side and the system side and bringing, again, bringing that all together. So it's just been a fantastic, wonderful journey for me. That's awesome. 
So the tech industry has one of the most competitive job markets, as you know, and there's been a huge demand for tech skills. There's also a huge gap in technology skills today. So uh, what, what do you do to set yourself apart from other candidates to have the relevant skills? You know, I, I always keep an open mind. I do a lot of networking and I partner with people in different industries and people that have different strengths than I do because I believe that together we become great. And I take time to invest in other people and coach and mentor people through their career and I find resources for them. And by doing that, I'm building my resources and staying relevant with what's new in the market. Also through my HR career and doing recruiting for different technology positions because every company has technology needs. That keeps me relevant and just understanding the, the different market and the different strategies, the different certifications that are out there and the types of people. So I really think it's just important that you stay involved in your community, you stay involved in social media, LinkedIn, and then just finding different outlets and, and people, groups to join like Women in Technology to stay relevant and work together. That's so true. You know, every time I teach or mentor somebody, I learn. Um, so the more you're out there networking and teaching and mentoring, the more information you gather and are continuously learning. Um, I all, when I mentored um, a few um, candidates from IIT uh, last year, they, they couldn't understand what the mentor would get out of the relationship. And I said, it is huge for me. I learn from them every day. And so they, they feel like they're the ones who are learning, but the mentor or myself, I was learning as well. Did you find that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. That goes both ways, right? The mentee gains, but the mentor gains. And it truly helps, again, different skill sets. So someone seeks a mentor for something specific, you help them, but at the same time, they're given so much back to you, so much more information that you would have never had access to had you not been willing to give back. Yeah, very, very true. Um, what are your thoughts on certification? Have you found it valuable in the tech industry? I really do, and I encourage people that are in technology to get certified. And I say that because having a college degree is fantastic, and as we all know, we need that for many different uh, positions that we get into. I, I believe that the certifications help you stay relevant because it's that continuous education. It's showing the investment in yourself and in your career and truly your passion of what you're seeking. And it helps you because, again, that's another networking group that keeps you relevant and, and helps you work through all of the challenges that you may face on a daily basis. Yeah, really, certification is that stamp of industry approval, right? Because um, when you have that certification, there's no question of if you have the skill set or not. So certification is so valuable. And sometimes, you know, so many people, uh, because life happens, really don't take the time to take the test. Uh, and they have the real world knowledge. They have the the information that they can study up and get the certification. So we really encourage a lot um, a lot of our students in our training centers to gain the certification because it carries with them throughout their life, which is Absolutely. really great. Yeah, it, it's truly a great investment. And 
I would even say, you know, if there are folks out there that don't have the certifications and want them and they're concerned about the cost of them or anything like that, that they should partner with their employer to see if their employer has any any grants or anything that they could help them with, and also to seek grants on, on your own. You know, be creative with your own education and your own career path. That's so true, and we're seeing um, organizations and, and companies really push certification um, through their organizations. They even pay for it most of the time. So it really is a signal that shows that they really value it. So, yeah, I think your advice of, you know, just checking with your employer, checking with different ways so that you can pay for this certification and use your knowledge to gain it is is so valuable. Um, I guess, where do you see technology and yourself in like five to ten years? I know that's a long time in technology and things move so fast, but just what's your vision? Wow, that really is kind of a loaded question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Technology is constantly changing. I think we're going to see a lot more of the artificial intelligence. I believe we're going to see a lot more wireless and more personal devices that people are using and different methods of using them. I think that there's a lot in the, the virtual space of what's happening today, and I believe that the virtual reality that we use today is going to drastically change how we do business. I believe that you're going to have a lot of that for um, different people in offices and doing it with their, you know, using their vision and using other cues to do their email. I just think it's going to be completely different in 10 years. I and I'm excited. I mean, I, I, I look at it and say, wow, that's just something new to learn. And I think we always have to be, again, that continuous learner. We have to be willing to change. We have to be open to new ideas and willing to try it. Yeah, and we, you know, we're in the training business and we go out with to many organizations and do entire change management pro programs for them because people are resistant to change. But it's so great to hear you just embracing change and um, taking that to the next level because it really increases your skill set. Um, AI, I think, uh, artificial intelligence is really definitely the future, so you're spot on on that. We're seeing more and more technology solutions in artificial intelligence to solve business problems, and um, it is really going to take off in a big way probably in the next three to five years, so you're spot on on that. Um, one more question for you. If you could give one piece of career advice to our listeners, what would that be? I would say to know your personal why. What is it that drives you and what is it that you're reaching to achieve? And then be willing to have an open mind and take a different path. So I think when you look especially in technology, it's not necessarily a step-by-step -step approach. Again, if you look back at my career, it kind of went around in a circle, but it made a complete circle for me. And I, that's what people have to be willing to do, is don't get stuck, don't get your mind so rigidly stuck in one direction. Remember, you're in technology, and technology is ever-changing. So you must be willing to do that, too. You must be willing to stand out there and truly drive your own career. Your destiny is in your hands. I love that. That is great advice because you really need to sit back and evaluate. Where is your passion? What do you want to do? 
where is that going to take you and then make step you know take the steps in order to follow that journey um like you said it doesn't come in a linear fashion it doesn't come you know step one two three four you might have to jump in somewhere but you will get that knowledge as you go through that journey and it's definitely very valuable well, thank you, Peggy. This was amazing um, to chat with you and hear about your experience. Your career journey has been fascinating. And um, I really thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Have a great day. And now an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.